You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every other Tuesday over at Patreon.com slash Thunderquack, just like our Patreon producers, Brian Murowski and JJ Samuel do, or you can be lame and uh, and wait, get it late on Fridays on podcast services across the galaxy. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I am your other host, Amanda Conkin. And I have never been happier, more ecstatic, elated, uh, just carefree, and and uh, uh, just 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 happy that we no longer cover CW DC shows. Because <laughs> last week I sent you the text, right? They they did, released yeah. the poster for this year's crossover event, and I looked at it, and I and my instant reaction was. I don't have to care. I don't have to care one bit about how awful this looks. I don't have to try and do mental gymnastics to tell myself, no, no. I mean, like it's the CW. Like they're like they're what they're doing within the restraints of blah, blah, blah. Like, like that stuff's all valid. Those are all valid things to say. And the stuff that we said on the podcast back in the day is all valid. It's just like, I don't have to though. So I can just, I can just go about my life and know that, Hey, they're bringing Brandon Routh back for a few, few episodes and they're going to, and they're going to have uh, uh, Mia smoke queen green arrow, whatever they called her. I, I on, on the crossover and she's in the outfit and stuff. Neat. But I don't have to watch it. I certainly don't have to watch all five shows that are crossing over in order to understand what's happening. And that is just, it just feels, it just feels really nice. And I just want to I mean, to it's note impressive that, that they're still doing it, to be honest. Like, yeah. considering they got rid of some of the shows, like, it just, I don't know. Cool. I like, also, is it still called the Arrowverse, even though Arrow doesn't exist anymore? Because that makes me happy that they're like, I don't know. If they're still calling it the Arrowverse? Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel I like. I don't know. It, it's it is the Arrowverse. I literally like Andy occasionally messages me something about it, and I have to remind him I don't care anymore. <laughs> and I uh, and and I think it always kind of takes the wind out of his sails a little bit. And it's like, sorry, man, I just like you like like I don't know how many no. times I can tell you I am not watching these shows. I'm only watching uh, uh, Superman and Lois, right? Like so. I if the if this season of the Flash has been great, I'm happy for everyone. I I, I don't know, like I like I'm glad that other people enjoy this stuff. I'm glad that it's still there for is the people who are having be fun. Is this two years it, past? But... Is it is it reached now? When did we stop podcasting? Was it two years ago or was it a year ago? It because was I'm a, trying to think was... of how far. Because the Flash started a year after Arrow, 
So I'm just wondering how long it's going to last past the the seasons that Arrow had. Yeah, it's it'll be two years in in February, in February. that we finished. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it was so 2020. It, it was right before the pandemic. Right. <laughs> we wrapped so it. So it's been lasting basically a year longer. So it so it's in its ninth season. Oh my gosh, that seems like a very long time. It seems like many years. Yeah, and 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 I don't know. I like I said, like I don't pay attention to any of this stuff. But I. I feel like I've heard that like Grant Gustin might be leaving the series or like a, a lot of characters have left the series at this point. And it's like, is it, it's one of those things of like, is it still the same show? Like it, like arrow was right. Like at a certain point it's like in season six and seven was arrow the same show that it was in season two. Not even close. Well, not remotely. At least it still had the arrow guy on it. Re- remember, like remember when it was about a book, <laughs> the little book that he was crossing names <laughs> oh, off geez. of? Like, no, no, those first so two seasons ago. were pretty tight. Like, like it was, it was on point. Yeah. It had a theme. It, it knew what it was. And then, and then they decided that the book wasn't part of it anymore. And they were, and then it was like, what is this show now? Um, yeah, yeah no, much. it, I, 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 yeah, I don't, five seasons is as long as anything should run. I firmly believe that unless we're talking about like, uh, like, like I'm talking about like episodic, like serial. Yeah. Not like CSI Miami. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. If it's a procedural show or if it's friends or how I met your mother or whatever, it's like, whatever, 10 years is fine. But like Seinfeld, that's, that all makes sense to me. Um, with these characters that are like, that are like locked in stasis and never really change. It's like, just keep telling stories (laughs) for as long as those actors want to tell those stories. It's fine. Um, and just give us like tidbits, right. As we go. But, but, uh, but for like, I don't know. It's, uh, I fringe is a great example. Well, what did we get with fringe? We got oh, five seasons, right? Four, only four, four seasons. It was a tight four seasons. And it's like, it's like, yeah, like, like get out while the getting's good. Like, like, because, and they just barely got four. Like it wasn't going to get past two. I think, I think the last yeah. season was like a gimme or something like, it's, um, but it's it's yeah that's a that's a show that ended didn't didn't it end on a cliffhanger? Didn't no, fringe fringe ended. Fr- fringe they knew that they knew their last season was their final season. Oh and man, they have I forgotten how fringe ends? I think I've forgotten how fringe ends. Uh, I better watch yeah, all of fringe. Now I'm worried that I didn't watch all of fringe. Oh, you definitely did. Uh, Everybody should watch fringe. It's amazing. Oh, fringe is one of the best, like like genre shows. Ever. Oh no, it had five uh, seasons. I'm a huge. It did liar. have five seasons. That's what I thought. Uh so how does it end? Here's here's the end of it. Uh as the observers close in, Walter and September desperately work to complete the plan, but one obstacle after another hinders their progress. Uh I Who think the heck they is September? like September. September was the bald guy. The he was one okay, of the observers. Okay. Um okay. I think they like they like merge the, the two worlds or something. I don't know, because you remember it's like that's what it's all about is like the the it's it's Ooh. it's multiverse before everybody else was talking multiverse. You know what's amazing? That it ended on its hundredth episode. That's cool. That is. I good. think that you don't need more than a hundred episodes of any television show. Yeah, bingo. So I think that's. I think that that is. I don't. Did I finish watching this show? Yeah, you did because we I'm... definitely talked about it when it happened. We definitely uh, talked about it when it happened. I don't think I watched it while it was happening, man. 
I definitely watched Friends at Fringe after the fact. I watched like the first season while it was happening. But then I remember catching up on Fringe well after it was done. Really? I, I could have sworn well, I was we... in Fringe. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I watched it while it was happening. I, it was one of my extra gigs was in a in a shopping market in one of the episodes. Yeah, I remember that. Oh. Uh, and and you and you're in an episode of Smallville. Uh, yeah. In a, in the club, right? In the Ace of Clubs. I'm in the Ace of Clubs. I actually was on two episodes of Smallville. I was in the Ace of Clubs, and then I was also out on the streets. Yeah. In a blur. Um, you can't see me in that one, but yeah, it's fun. Everybody, oh, go back. Go back to Smallville time. season. Let me. Yeah, I don't tell me because I, I want to guess. So I know it's Ace of Clubs. So it's. Yeah. Like I know Justin Hartley is in the he's like he's in the shot that you're in, right? I Yes. I So it's season 6. Uh actually it's later. So or is it seven? the episode I'm pretty sure the episode I'm in is called Echo. And it's the ninth season. Like I'm pretty that sure that I'm oh, pretty wow. sure. I'm pretty sure. So I was in one the one there, the one that I was there the first time I was ever on the set of Small because I have this marked as one of like the five top days ever when you're like a fan of something and then you like get to wa- I was walking down the streets of Metropolis well like no because I had to go cross from like one studio to another to get crafty mm-hmm. or whatever and you're just walking through the like dead streets of Metropolis and it was like the coolest thing ever but on that like the 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 scene that happened had all of those remember they like had like Bart and uh, and uh, black canary and like all those yeah. people it was one of those seasons so i feel like it was season eight or something like I, it was the last the last two because i remember being like just getting in under the wire being able to be in smallville and stuff. it's so, uh it's it, it's it's not on your imdb though i guess because you're just <laughs> an extra right because it's yeah it's not i didn't actually do anything i sat in the i walked behind them in yeah. an elevator like it's yeah no i wasn't actually it's not something that i would put on imdb you know what's on? You know what's on my IMDb? Nothing. What is zero? On zero. I don't have an IMDb. How have I not made you come onto my shows yet, Mike? I feel uh, like I should have. I don't know. I don't know. I ask the same question. What do you think? I don't know. Crazy. I've been I've now been I'm asking mean. that for uh, I I don't know like ten years. Uh, no. it's fine. I should I should put you into more things. Go That's for good. it. Um. Uh. It's a good episode. I just like the thing. The thing that makes me happy about that is it's genuinely, it's genuinely a fun episode. So. It's yeah, it's one of the good ones. Uh, yeah. You're not, you're not in one of the witch episodes from season four, <laughs> five, whatever. Correct. Four. Yeah. 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 Um, man, Horrible. what are we? What are we talking about on this episode? <laughs> Before we I don't know. diverged, diverged. I honestly, the, I thought the CW stuff would get more gas, but there it is. We just, we just puttered well, out. I mean, I feel because we talked about it for eight years. If you want to hear us talk about, <laughs> about CW, you can just go back and realize. I mean, it is kind of cool to know that the sh- the stuff is still happening. I don't know. I've yeah. just been thinking about the longevity of like series and and that now we're in just this age where like people just want content. So they're just going to keep making this stuff into the thing that absolutely boggles my brain is Grey's Anatomy still being a thing that exists. That is and, like Grey's, An- Grey's Anatomy. Like I remember that so vividly starting in my first year of university 
and it being yeah. like a thing that people were like watching Grey's Anatomy in my first and so and I've stopped watching that but but for some reason my Facebook thinks that I'm interested in Grey's Anatomy it also thinks I'm interested in the um originals like the Vampire Diaries spinoff and so it gives me like <laughs> things every now and then from like the Vampire Diaries and I'm like what even is this um but the thing is the the worst is the Grey's Anatomy stuff because the characters now I have no concept of who they are yeah, and there's are this one people? character that's like a like a really important character i think it's like Derek shepherd's sister or something that was like in later and i anyways i kind of like googled it out of just sheer curiosity where i'm like how far did they come with this series and the thing that just gets me is that ellen pompeo is still on that show yeah. and because they tried like the idea too of like when you have a show where the titular character is like the main character, it's like, how do you make Allie McBeal without Allie McBeal? Right. But she stayed and they, they were prepared to replace her. Right. Like they brought in other, like other characters named gray so that they could replace her if she ever moved on. And, and I think she just didn't. And I just think that that's kind of cool to like have, have like that amount of staying power with something like that. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's funny when they did the friends reunion and uh, I, I don't know if we ever really talked about that. But I, I like one of one of the things that they talked about was like, oh, like, would you come back to do more episodes? And it and and like they sort of all all agreed. It's like, yeah, but like if you did, you'd have to like everybody was like in such a good place at the end of the series. Yeah, you like have to just undo it. Yeah, you like you have yeah. to come in and you, if you there has to be conflict in order for there, there to be yeah. a tv show i don't necessarily agree with that and i also think that that conflict can take on different things but it would be a very different type of show it wouldn't be more friends it would be those characters in a new show like like if 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 somehow they um they they could wake matthew perry up enough to get him <laughs> to play chandler again because <laughs> the last few things that he did he was just like standing reading cue cards and you're like I guess those jokes are funny. It would be nice if somebody was acting in this, um, which I say that with all the love and admiration in the world for Matthew Perry. I think he's a genius comedic actor, but I, I, yeah, the, the odd couple you was not. It in, you phone it in. I don't he know. definitely yeah. was just like was just like we're we're like I'm just reading the lines, um, and 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 if I don't I don't know how you how you really deal with Courtney Cox and the the. The, the, the plastic surgery of it all because you'd have to explain that in the show somehow or we would just all be watching it going like that's that's not her face anymore <laughs> she just, it just well, it, I mean, it bugs me but there's gotta um, be like creative ways to like if you can think of any I can't think of anything I'm sure that there is stuff that it's like how do you revamp something did Boy Meets World like Girl Meets World do a good job of sort of like bringing back something without bringing it back like you sort of like they created a new show the, and then the, like the problem with the old yeah, show. The problem with Girl Meets World is that they brought it back as the modern version of what Boy Meets World was. But when Boy Meets World was on TGIF in the 90s and the early 2000s, that was a period in time where where like that sort of tween teenage programming was taking chances and trying to like reach the audience in a very genuine way. And now all that Disney Nickelodeon stuff is like, I mean, you know, you worked on, on, on that type of a show with, with reboot, right? Like, 
Right. They like all of the 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 their problems are at such arm's length from reality. Right. Right. And yeah. so it never like when I think of Boy Meets World and I think of the episodes that that like really left a mark on me, there's some of the great, like really funny ones. But then there's also the ones like when um I I when Sean is like 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 that girl the the girl from Jurassic Park. I I this that was like my frame of reference at the time. It's like, oh she's in Jurassic Park. I it's like a super dramatic episode where like she her her dad is basically beating her. And so she's like hiding out at Sean's place because Sean's parents are never around. So it's like she she's like hanging out there in order to like not go home. And then it's like it's it's the thing of like, oh, but, you know, we need to call the police, but we can't call the police because she asked us not to because we don't want to get her get anybody in trouble. Like and it's like, oh, but it's the right thing to do. Right. And it's like it's a heavy, heavy episode. Um, But it also like like I watched that as a kid, as a teenager, like basically contemporary with those characters and uh, and and was and like I learned something from it. Right. Girl Meets World never, never really, um, it was the problems of, 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 uh, of, 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 a a white girl with rich parents, <laughs> right? Like it, like yeah. it definitely like was out of touch with the reality of what teenagers deal with in, in, at that time, I think it was like 2016, um, they tried there there was definitely some like oh uh there's like an episode where she creates a fake persona on on facebook or like they i think they made up a social media or something but like she basically creates a fake yeah. facebook profile and everybody because she can't make any friends in high school and everybody in high school loves this fake person on the internet and right. then like she announces that it's her and everybody just doesn't care and it's like so it was like a it was like there there is a there was like a message there and there was a little bit of like a subtext going on but it didn't actually like because they're afraid nowadays everything's so sanitized you know what i mean that's what like when i say like it's at like it's arm's right. length from reality it's like yeah. it's just so sanitized that like even like like uh like boy meets world like even like full house family matters like like a lot of those tgif shows they weren't they weren't like that as much as like we think back on them being that way yeah yeah Yeah, and it's like fuller house is another really good example of like fuller house was really good it was very funny it never got real like they never like as a matter of fact they went the other way with it and so did so did girl meets world where they tried to be community right like they tried to they tried to be meta about everything and it's like every like five minutes somebody looks down the barrel of the camera and goes like like stephanie looks at the camera and goes how rude and and then the audience cheers and you're like yeah right, i get yeah. it like yeah we have nostalgia for that but it's got to be more than that. it's a <laughs> here we go how do i always bring it back to this it is like rise of skywalker where it's like rise of skywalker <laughs> is like the cinematic equivalent of that where they're like they're like somehow palpatine has returned and there's like a pause for the audience to gasp and then it's like yeah, yeah and it's ooh, like but there's yeah. nothing here 
I love it. Oh, I love like we just bring stuff back. I've been thinking, I was thinking about this recently. Okay. I have two, like, let's talk because when we don't have something specific, to, I do have like two actual pop cultural things to talk about. But first of all, let's talk about life for a minute because what I've been thinking about recently is myself and <laughs> as per always, but about, about like getting older and being like a single woman in my thirties that lives alone and needs to decide what to do with my life in terms of like financial security. And for the first time in history, like literally like my mom had to get a husband to get a bank card, right? Like this generation of women is like the first generation of women that are able to like actually like do something with our lives and like make choices that are different than the choices of those that came before. Like, and it's really sort of shifting how I'm like looking at, at and consuming media and like what I'm connecting to and how I'm looking at all of these like feminist stories and I'm like why aren't you telling something like you can start to shift like you can tell these stories in these sort of like interesting meaningful ways anyways I've been I've been thinking about about like media consumption and like what it is that I'm trying to just through the lens of like what is a life supposed to look like and what are the goals and all of these shows that are sort of like this is what people are supposed to like be looking like Anyways, I had an actual point and I lost it somewhere along the way. So um, I'm just going to come backwards to what was the second thing that I said? Did I say something <laughs> related Not to really. that as well? No. Not really. Oh, come on. Oh, I lost my train of thought. I had I had a point that was related to pop culture. And it was well, I was talking great. about I was talking about like Fuller House and Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World and how they were just like they're just sanitized. Right. Like it's just it's just it's not talking it's, about anything real. Yeah, like like they yeah. just like there there's I think like Disney is so afraid of it. Um and you see it on a lot of the stuff that they make right now where it's just like it's it is the biggest problem with Star Wars at the moment, I think. It's just oh, that, like it's thinking. not a it's Thank not you. about that's what anything. It was. Okay, go ahead. That's what it was. I was talking about the way that media is made for us and it's the Force Awakens was because mm-hmm. the most prominent and an influential person in this world right now are cis het white dudes who think they're inheriting the world yeah and we need to show them that they're the bad guy and that (laughs) if they don't get their act together right that like this trilogy the star wars sequel trilogy was made for me and I've talked about this many times on the show before, but about like the like women that are trying well, to like connect to these men, well, two, <laughs> right? But like that, but are trying to connect to these men, being like, "Hey, you guys have all of this power right now, and you can do so much with it. You can yeah. change the world. You can make it a better place." And instead, you're looking at your freaking grandfather, and you're looking at how he shaped his world, and you want to emulate that and make it a little bit worse. Like, are you kidding me? Why don't you give us yeah. some of that power and like make it different? We can make the world different. It doesn't have to be a same version of what came before. We can utilize this world that's changing, that's giving women financial independence, that's making us change what what family units look like and making us change what what families look like and what friends look like and we can we can shift the power dynamics in the world and instead we're worshiping Darth Vader and it's just insane. And I, I don't know. It's just been, it's just been, thank you for getting me back there because it's always about star Wars. And it comes back to this idea of when, when there's so much opportunity 
in literally the, like, what is it? Is it that our reality shapes our media or that our media tries to reflect to us our reality? And I think in this instance, like, there's so much that was so great about The Force Awakens and about The Last Jedi that just absolutely lost the plot point when it came to the rise of Skywalker. And you're like, you undid all of this. And for what? For fan service? Because the guy that was making didn't understand what he was making? And because no, I, I mean, the, the, like, I don't know. It, it it happened the way that it happened because you are right about the first two movies, right? Lawrence Kasdan set out this this uh, uh, like this reboot of Star Wars that framed the First Order as neo Nazis that are like yeah. you know glorifying the like the these these uh horrific things of the past right and put put han and leia's son at the center of that very very purposefully and uh and then and then i uh the last jedi turned around and i i and and like doubled down on it by being like and 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 i mean like there's there's good and bad in that because it kind of put some of the other characters stories to the wayside but it like really doubled down on the ray and 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 kylo dynamic and uh, like to to hammer home exactly like i think that ryan johnson looked at the story and the force awakens and went that's it that's the like that's what this has to be about is about is about this this woman trying to show this man who's grown up with with the influences of toxic masculinity pointing him in this direction that he has to be a certain thing when that's not really who he is. And it's like, by the end of the one thing that rise of Skywalker manages to get, get right by accident. And when I say by accident, I say I, what I mean is by virtue of Adam driver and Daisy Ridley's performances, them understanding their characters enough to pull that through line into that movie, even though it's not on the page. Right. Like like Adam driver in his performance, especially because he has no dialogue. The second that he comes back from, from being, uh, 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 Kylo Ren, like Ben Solo says one word and it's ow. Right. I, that just blows my mind. Cause that section is the only section I remember from that freaking movie. Like you have one of the greatest actors of his generation. Like, like, like in, in 20 years, we're going to be looking at Adam driver performances and being like, like, he's just going to be winning Oscars left and right. And, and it'll be like, Hey, you remember when he was in star Wars? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I, I, and, and, and you give him nothing. Like you give him no dialogue to work with. You just, shove them down a pit for for the third act of your movie so unbelievably unfathomably stupid but the but but the last jedi came in and was like like here's here's ray showing him the path forward out of that and she literally says to him it's like like she's she's like we can still we can still save the fleet like there's still time tell yeah, them to like stop we, can, we can reverse this yeah 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 Yeah, like you're yeah, like like you have the ability to stop this and instead he doubles down on his position and negs her and like you know i uh, he he because he just doesn't see at that point in time he just doesn't see the the way out of it and i would argue that he never actually sees the way out of it they just wrote a stupid like mcguffin-esque 
I, I, I like, like plot device of like, she stabbed him and he came back to who he was. And it's like, I don't understand why that works. No. I don't, there's no, no. like, terrible. you didn't, you didn't set this up. It's, this wasn't a follow through <laughs> on something else. There's nothing m- particularly mythic about, about it happening exactly I mean, this way. I really hope that that was them trying to, I think that they had something really good. This is the thing that, that, that is the most tragic part. Well, this, I, I take that back. There's a lot of very tragic things about Carrie Fisher passing, but I think one of the consequences that was rippled through Rise of Skywalker is that they were going to focus on her relationship to her son and how she could, and how that like motherly, like affection and love could influence his choices. Yeah. In, in a, I would have been so interested to explore that because it, it was well, wasn't it well known that like the first movie was, was Han and the second was Luke and the third one should have been Leia. And so like, it's just such a, a, like an opportunity was missed there that I think done undercut. Cause then they tried to fill the holes with, well, what, what can we use instead of, instead of love Uh, swords? Like, I don't (laughs) know. Like it just, it just, just didn't, it didn't quite work because you, you missed the opportunity to, to close that narrative. And so they did the best that they could, but it, it is, I, I will, I will forever, I, one day my hope and dream is to one day actually see the script that was, was supposed to happen. Like what was the movie supposed to be? And oh, but it. that, but the problem with that is that that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist no. because Colin Trevorrow was making a completely different movie, which you can go read. You duel of the fates is out there on the internet. You can find the script for duel of the fates that he leaked. Right. He very okay. like, 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 oh, I don't know how that happened. And it's like it happened because you got <laughs> fired. Right. Like, like after everybody, what happened is everybody came out of Rise of Skywalker and went, what the hell? And he, <laughs> him and his writer, like they leaked the script so that everybody could see what Duel of the Fates would have been. And and I think in his like uh, uh, somewhat diluted attempt of like, see, mine would have been better. And it's like, no, it wouldn't. It just would have been a different pile of trash because um, it's not a good movie. Duel of the Fates. But that said, what's on the page and what ends up on the screen are often different things, right? And and you find yeah, yeah. Yeah. you you find better solutions in the process of making the movie. And and once the actors get involved and, you know, like it evolves. But I, I believe that one of the, knowing what happens in Duel of the Fates, I believe that one of the reasons why he was removed from the project is that is exactly what you said. It's like it was supposed to be Luke, uh, uh, Han, Luke, and then ending with Leia as like the, 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 you know, like the legacy of those original three characters. And I, and Duel of the Fates has like none of that in it. Like Leia isn't, an important character in that story. Oh, well, um, that's, yeah, that's a bummer. And so I think that's one of the reasons why he was removed from it. Of it was like this was not this was not the assignment guy. Like, <laughs> oh, this sounds terrible. At the same time, Luke's Force Ghost is training Rey, who now wields a double bladed lightsaber, and haunting Kylo Ren, asking him to redeem himself. Wow, yeah. this, maybe I. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> the so that I wanted it to be. Okay. Fine. So JJ Abrams came back and some how for some <laughs> reason, I don't understand it. And if, if I ever needed any evidence that like the devil Lucifer, like the morning star, the, the, the one that the one that comes up like in a flame and makes deals with people to sell their souls, 
if I ever needed any evidence that that is a real thing that can happen, more than than Satan himself bursting into flame in my room right now to tell me that he's real, Chris Terrio getting to write Batman v Superman and then Justice League totally, totally screw up both of those movies and derail the DC, like the second biggest superhero franchise in the world one like two of the most notable characters in pop culture just completely ruin their stories um with with two like some of the best casting ever in henry cavill and and ben affleck as those characters just totally whiff the ball on that one twice two times and somehow for some reason jj abrams looks over and goes i'll take that mediocre white guy to finish the 42 year saga of star Wars to bring the Skywalker saga to a close. That's the guy. That's the guy out of all of the writers in Hollywood out of every, because it's star Wars. You have your pick of almost anybody except for the pretentious jerks who were like, I wouldn't write a star Wars movie. I'm a real filmmaker. And it's like, okay, cool. You don't want to, cap off the modern myth that's fine you like go go write a movie about i don't know somebody who gets divorced whatever who cares i yeah pretty much but you know like it's like a screenwriter's dream to not only get to write a star wars movie but to be the one who gets to come in and bring it all full circle and bring it to a close right And somehow Chris Terrio, with no writing credits to his name, save for two movies that were hugely panned by critics and uh, reviled by a lot of the fans of those franchise, like of those franchise characters that they're supposed to be celebrating. Right. Like, I don't I just don't understand how that happens, except for nepotism and mediocre white men getting to and and it it always pisses me off when i have to say that because it's like here i am a mediocre white guy where's my golden ticket you know like it's not fair i i which is like that's i'm half ironic when i say that only half though because it is like like i don't know i don't understand i don't understand how these mediocre white guys get the opportunity to do it. I, I I don't know if we talked about it on a podcast, but I know that we've talked about it in person. It's like, well, JJ Abrams grew up down the street from Steven Spielberg. I know how he got there. Right. Um, and, and JJ, like he, he is, I do think that he's a good director. I think he's a very good producer. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that he's a good writer, so I don't think that he should be anywhere near story. Right. Like, I think that he needs a strong writer to keep, a hand on the wheel. And that's why the force awakens is great because John Kasdan, or not John, Lawrence Kasdan is there to guide that. Right. Um, and, and I, and I honestly think like the force awakens is one of his best movies. Mission impossible three is another really good. I don't know who wrote mission impossible three. I'd have to look it up. I'll look it up while we're talking, but um, yeah, like I, I like JJ needs somebody else there to say, Offset keep him. him it's a, well it's the same thing i mean we sort of don't talk about him too much anymore but joss whedon needed to work within a within boundaries yeah. too right like there's some people 
that are creators like we we talk about this too like george lucas worked really well when he had restrictions right and there's some creators that you just need to like put them in boxes yeah. and then be like work within this and then you'll you'll, you'll have fun and and create this is amazing things. alex kurtzman and roberto orsi wrote a mission impossible three which like kurtzman and orsi like you're talking like they wrote the transformers movies uh but they also wrote the star trek reboot so um yeah for a minute did, there did those did the, win an oscar for for writing argo is that why argo's like the I, only movie that he wrote yes that is and he and he came out of nowhere with argo and the reality yeah. of that is that ben affleck directing argo like changed a lot of the movie as they were making it so the screenplay is not what's on the screen right like that's ben affleck like ben affleck is the one who 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 you know what you just you just put the puzzle pieces together for me and i can't believe all of the times that i've talked about it and gone like i don't understand how the guy who wrote argo is the guy who wrote batman v superman but it, but also you're talking about completely different types of movies right yeah. so it's I like maybe he is good at writing movies batman like v argo. Superman after argo because maybe because argo is a completely different type of movie but they keep it's trying so to do this right they keep trying to take people from oh because from, Ben Affleck oh I didn't put that I didn't I didn't draw that exact line it's yeah the ben that Affleck line it must that Batman must be Ben Affleck was cast movies. as Batman and that and must like, be how how Chris Terrio he works well because he probably can work really well with Chris Terrio's material yeah. to make it his own and so he probably because that there's something to that about finding a creative that you can work really well with sure regardless of sort of like what it is that they do so like i understand that impulse which is interesting interesting yeah. look at this, i don't look know at discovering I... different thing i don't know but anyways we're very upset because nepotism doesn't work in our favor and so we we uh yeah <laughs> are sad i'm mad at my i'm mad at my parents for being who they are because they don't they don't have the ability to just give me what i want you know what i mean uh, it just, I, I, I'm always really sad that my parents 15 years ago when I moved out here were like, we won't invest in property in Vancouver because we don't want you to feel like you're, you're stuck there. I'm like, oh man, you should have just done that. It would have been so good. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh, devastating. Devastating. Anyways, did we, did we close this loop? I think I'm sorry for my mini rant in the middle, but it was, it was the star Wars button that made me realize too. Like I've been, I, I rewatched, oh, I think this is how I got there. Like this is the, the train of my life is always combined with media. And so I watched Dune and then was like, this Timothy Chalamet has got something. <laughs> and so then I started like watching some Timothy, like wanting to watch more Timothy Chalamet stuff, but I don't really want, like I haven't watched uh, the movie with the dude from the thing that he's a young one and they, oh, what I'm completely blanking. The one that he was like Oscar nominated for. Call me by your I name. Don't, I okay, don't, okay, so I haven't sure. watched Call Me by Your Name, but I did watch rewatch uh again because the internet said that I wanted to. It kept showing me clips of Little Women, and I was like, "Oh, Timothy Chalamet is in that, so I can watch Little Women again." And then watching Little Women, it makes me really angry that they changed the plot of Little Women. I mean, spoilers for Little Women, but Greta Gerwig's Little Women, they they marry Joe off in the end, and like they comment on it, like they make a they make a point of being like what are you going to give me for marrying off my main character? And it like, so like they, they comment on it, but it also just like really bothers me because it's like, 
a thing that Joe is an independent. Anyways, but then it got me thinking about like what agency women had ever in life. And then it started me thinking about the media that we consume now. And mostly I'm trying to decide if I need to buy a house in the next year and a half. And I really just don't want to. I'd rather spend money on other things. But then I'm like, am I making a bad life choice? (laughs) So that's where I'm at. And then the media I'm consuming is like reflecting it back to me. And then I watched Emma because that's just a fun movie about a rich woman way back, way back. And she gets married because she wants to. And I'm like, go on you. That's a different kind of feminism. It's great. It's all feminism. Do what you want to do. But you don't have to. And I kind of like that. So that's that. That's that thread. I appreciate you letting me rant a little bit about the state of the world and Timothy Chalamet, as as you do. That's fine by me. I have a, I have I actually like I'm I'm glad that you are like let, you're like why don't you talk this one and I'm like I'll just I'll just meander the podcast all over the place, and the next one I want to I do feel like I need people to congratulate me for finally watching the Hulk. Uh, the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And the What If episode makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> I feel really bad that I like watched that in reverse order. But they like put the building in What If. Like it's a very iconic building. Yeah. From that from that that movie. It's enjoyable. Yep. I I don't know. It was enjoyable, but uh I, That's I fine. don't I don't enjoy Edward Norton. The only thing that I like him in is Fight Club. He is so yeah. good. In Fight Club. And no other movie. I just can't watch him in any other movie. And it's really... And also, like, the design of Hulk is weird. The Lou Ferrigno cameo was great. You really... Like, it really is so bizarre. After the the years of being immersed in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. To go back and for the first time experience one of the first movies in that franchise. And you yeah, see the them one. setting up all of the seeds that are to come. And it's there. Like, it's you got the cameos, you got the Stan Lees, you got the, like, you got all of the stuff that is going to be so iconic for so many years. But it's so, you've got these two characters that then don't show up again. That, because they were, I mean, the character show, I guess the character, the, the Hulk character obviously shows up again. But, but I, I see it through the lens of Mark Ruffalo. And being like, what a wasted opportunity to have Mark Ruffalo in this in this movie. He just needs his own other movie. That's kind of the thing that I kind of like about the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, is that it's not really an origin movie, which I also kind of like. Like the, the I guess this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler for the Incredible Hulk, but it's a spoiler mm-hmm. for the first like ten. minutes. No, yeah, there are no spoilers but, for the Incredible um, Hulk. But that you. It's not like, you know, all Spider-Man origin movies are about like, it's I'm a regular boy. And then I get bit by a spider and then I become Spider-Man. Except for, I guess they didn't do that in. You just sort of throw Peter Parker into the MCU, which, because again, you don't need to see that a million times. And that is, I think, something they did well in The Incredible Hulk, where you just sort of see him becoming the Hulk in the like credits, like in the beginning. And I almost wasn't going to watch. I kind of like was like, I'll just start watching it. Like once the, once the credits are done, like I was like making my dinner or something like that. And I was like, oh no, wait, this is, there's actually, they're actually like showing me snippets of like what's happening. And it's Ross. I didn't realize it's like the same guy that goes all the way through it. Hey. Yeah. Um, that actor I had just, I was like, what is this actor from? And he's from the movie that I always talk about. That's the Stephanie Meyer, like film, the host. Well, it's not, I mean, the book is, is her, but. He like plays a character that I had like just watched a couple days 
previously. Yep. And then really I was like, hurt. oh, wait, this guy's like, like in the MCU for like all of this stuff that I just like didn't pay attention to. But anyways, it's very surreal to go back and watch that movie if, if people haven't watched it because I feel like it fell off. I'm not the only I can't possibly be the only one where the Incredible Hulk fell off of our radars for the Marvel Universe. Do you are you like do you like Mark Ruffalo better? Like, uh, I just, yeah. Like, are there people? Like, yeah, of course just, I do. Edward Norton is such a weird choice. And Liv Tyler, were you the one that was like ragging on Liv Tyler when I was yeah. talking about this early on? Yes. Because she, yeah, she's not a great choice. And having watched the Eric Bana version of the Hulk, I do think even Jennifer Connelly would have been a better. Yep. Like I like Jennifer Connelly. I think yep. she would have been Liv, but but I've never thought of Liv Tyler before until you were until you like made disparaging comments about her and then I, and then watching watching this movie I was like oh you're correct <laughs> and it made me sad because I kind of did like like I've definitely cosplayed Arwen before and Arwen Arwen yeah Arwen yeah uh and and just like I and I grew up like loving Armageddon like I don't know Armageddon was like my sure. childhood man I love that movie so much yeah so, and, and I like Michael Bay's Say what you will about Michael Bay. His movies are a good time. Like it's a good uh, time. And and uh, Armageddon, that role in Armageddon is absolutely in the wheelhouse of what Liv Tyler can be good at. Um yeah. but yeah, I don't believe her as a scientist. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, that just that doesn't was, That was it was weird. That doesn't yeah, work that, for me. That, um, and, well, she and she also didn't really get to be a scientist. She was more a like is my boyfriend there? It's really weird watching Ty Burrell to do anything other than modern family as well. And I, yeah. uh, cause I saw his name come up in the credits and I'm like, Ty Burrell, who's he's going to be. Um, yeah. But the, I, I do like the, his, the thing that he did really well was that you get Ross's character. I think that the takeaway that I have from the incredible Hulk is recognizing the like severity of that character and how mm-hmm. consistent he is throughout everything. And that in the playing off of Betty, even though she has disappeared from the MC, like she's not one of the characters that, that comes in, you get the establishing early on in how she relates to him and how people around her. So like her partner or whatever at the time, like Ty Burrell at the time is, is sort of interacting with him being like, I understand why she doesn't like talk about you or why she isn't. And you get that sort of like, he is this, I, it's it's the general lane thing too right like i just yeah. lois is lois and her dad's relationship is such a it's just such a like there's just something sinister about i don't know is general lane actually good i don't know i feel like every time i see no. general lane he just like grates on me he's just like a like it's uh, just so and you yeah so smallville smallville never quite went that far with him and superman and lois is going in a different direction with that character but in the comic books, I would not categorize General Sam Lane as an ally yeah. of Superman. No. He is definitely one of Superman's biggest antagonists um, because he, yeah, like he, he doesn't trust Superman. He it's, it's like a, their relationship is antagonistic. It's one sided. It's definitely like Superman being like, I'm here to help. And Sam Lane being like, I'm going to kill you one day. <laughs> like that's my goal but you get but you get that a little bit in the like really militaristic it's sort of why i think why i'm relating the two like i'm relating ross and, and lane a, a bit in that yeah. they're very like 
the military works a certain way and everything we do is for yeah. the betterment of the military. And it it there's something sort of so um what's the opposite of diluted? Concentrated about yeah. that particular archetype that I think they both do really well in in that it yeah. sort of encompasses all of the 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 uh opposition that you really need in making the characters like the heroes play off of that yeah because you're like it's it's they encompass a system it's not about them as individuals it's sort of the the whole like they wouldn't be in the situation had it not been for this particular mindset and people like this that are are acting in a certain way i agree to a certain extent because Sam, that that you definitely describe Sam Lane because Sam Lane is not a villain but he is an antagonist whereas yeah. Thunderbolt Ross is a villain like Thunderbolt Ross is a supervillain he is a supervillain who just happens to work for the American government um okay. and and in in some of the storylines like during Civil War uh, I th- which I think we've talked about before. It's like he f- he formed because the because of the the superhero registration act and all that stuff. Um, there are no Avengers. The Avengers disband, and some of them are registered, at, but most of them aren't. Right, like most of them side with Cap, and so there's like an underground sort of like resistance almost. So the and the but the government is like, well, we've registered all of these superheroes. We need our own Avengers, and one of the ways that they go about doing that, they there's a few different ways that it happens, but one of the ways that they go about doing that is that General Thunderbolt Ross is in charge of putting together his own Avengers team called the Thunderbolts, which consists of a bunch of villains pretending to be superheroes. Right? And it's like it's it's like a suicide squad type thing. And I and and Norman Osborne is at the front of it as Iron Patriot. Right. Like with the Iron Man armor that they that he basically takes once once Tony hands it over. Right. Like like because when, when that happens and Tony signs on with the Superhero Registration Act, it's like, well, all of your technology is now. Like like the the U.S. government has access to it. So Norman Osborn finally he's like he's like, oh, I've got access to Tony Stark's schematics. I'm going to make my own Iron Man armor and creates the Iron <laughs> Patriot. Um which was all like, I mean, like we're talking, this is, we have to put it into historical context, just like any literature. Right. I, and look at it. And it's like, we're talking about like, oh man, I guess that that's like, that's, that's Obama era, but it's like, we still feel the grip of Bush and nine 11 and all of that stuff. So it's like, oh, just it's, it's war machine. Right. And that's why they, in the MCU, they sort of reinterpreted it as like, Oh, we're going to give war machine a new, like a PR makeover war machines too. That's too aggressive. That's too military. We're going to call them iron Patriot. It's just, it, they did the same thing in that where it was like, it was like, Oh, you know, like we're going to, we're going to create our, like our war machine. Uh, but we're going to give it this name and paint him in the, the American flag, like Captain America, because Captain America is gone right now. Like, and, and, and Ross is behind a lot of that. And it's like, it's no different than Waller, right? Like, like Amanda Waller in the DC universe is a villain. She, and again, she's a villain who just happens to work for the American government, but she is absolutely a super villain. Like nobody's ever like, like when when Superman has to like swallow his pride and work with Amanda Waller, it's not like he's never like like you know like we disagree on a lot of things, but but uh, 
but we're going to work together for the greater good. It's it's not like that, which is what he would do if he has to work with Sam Lane or something. Right? It's like, I know that we don't see eye right, to eye, right. but I'm glad that we can occasionally work towards the same ends. Right. Like, like I, you understand that we both want peace. Right. It's, it's not that dynamic when Superman has to work with Amanda Waller. It's like, he's like gritting through his teeth and he's like, if I could remove you, I would, but I can't because of what I stand for. Therefore I am forced to work with you under these circumstances, but I want you to know, I don't like it. And if my morals were different, I'd burn you to a crisp with my heat vision right here and now, right? Like it's that dynamic. That's who Thunderbolt Ross is in, in the Marvel comics. So anytime a superhero has to work with Thunderbolt Ross in particular, if they're friends with Bruce Banner and know what kind of a man he is, because, because Ross, like, and you get a little bit of it in the incredible Hulk and, and we haven't really ever gotten to see it again, but Ross, like he doesn't, want to protect the world from the hulk he wants to kill bruce banner right like this wants he wants the hulk as a weapon he wants the super soldier program back on track because in it like like especially within the mcu and abomination and all of that stuff it's like they've they sort of retconned and brought all that back and it's like um uh they essentially did with the hulk in the MCU, what Wolverine is in the actual comics, where it's like Wolverine is Weapon X, right? Uh, Captain America is Weapon One. X is like it's 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 it, this is all retconned. It's not like they wrote it this way originally, but eventually they kind of retcon all of this stuff back together. Where it's like in during World War Two, like they they did the Super Soldier program and then they lost all that stuff. They couldn't recreate Steve Rogers. They tried over and over and over again. And Wolverine, the adamantium claws on Wolverine, like that's the 10th attempt at creating a super soldier that the government can control, but it didn't work because it was Wolverine because it was Logan. Right. So, but they sort of used that idea with, um, with the Hulk that, that the reason why Ross, acts that way of like the Hulk belongs to the U S government is because, and this is all sort of like in the backstory and it's not really in the movie, but it's the idea that Bruce was not supposed to use the gamma thing on himself. Like they, like they were developing that to create a super soldier and he did it in order to like stop them from being able to use it basically like he he turned himself into the hulk you know so that nobody else could get turned into the hulk and that's why abomination being created in the incredible hulk is is like it's like they take a soldier and it's no different than the than the original serum it's like what does it do it brings out i think they even name drop it that it is like that it's a it's a version of the super soldier serum like like it's it's what they put in cap and and what do we know about that? It makes good great. It makes bad worse, right? And so it takes uh, what's his face that I I I oh man, why can't I think of his name right now? Uh, the, it's like on the, the tip of my tongue. But but the abomination, abomination dude? the, the yeah, yeah. yeah the soldier that becomes abomination. Like they take it takes Tim him, Roth Tim Roth's character no. and and makes him into a. Uh, disgusting vile creature right like <laughs> because that's what's inside yeah. him and it and it brings that out so it's yeah so I don't poetic know. It, it there yeah. there's a lot of good stuff in the incredible hulk but but it also like 
it would have been a better movie without Edward Norton because he came on and he like he only signed on if they would give him uh like control over the story so he like rewrote oh. a bunch of the movie oh. and it's it's kind of what I was saying before like like they keep like with all of this the the blockbuster stuff and 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 it's one of the places where I think Star Wars has failed the most since Disney bought them they try and bring in and for those who are going to listen to the to the uncut version we talk a little bit about Eternals actually quite a bit about Eternals but it's the same idea there of like of bringing Chloe Zhao to direct Eternals or it's like like Academy Award winner now right not at the time that she directed like started directing it but now <laughs> Academy Award winner and like sort of knowing that 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 was her trajectory the types of movies that she makes um it was like oh we'll put put her on a on a marvel movie and then we'll we'll really have something and then what do you end up with you end up with a with a very long slow kind of boring marvel movie because that's not that's it's actually like like it's a square peg in a round hole right whereas taking john favreau from zathura and saying Let's give this guy Iron Man and see what happens. And then going like, man, he really knocked it out of the park with Iron Man. I wonder if he would do something cool with Star Wars, put him over in Star Wars. And it's like, yeah, because because he's the right kind of like he has the right kind of mind, the right kind of brain to to put together, you know, let's bang some action figures together. Right. Because that's what that's what. I love it. I love it. Yep. But at the same time, I mean, like, like, like when I, like I pick out Zathura for a very specific reason, like Zathura is absolutely like, let's play with our toys, but it's also let's tell a meaningful story about characters. But while we do that, let's play with our toys. Right. And what's an Iron Man comes out and it's like, let's bang some action figures together. But also here's this really interesting. I, I like, 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 a meaningful story about a man's path to redemption, right? Like, like the beginning of that, and it and it evolves from there. But but even still, like I remember seeing Iron Man the first time, and and going into it thinking that I was going to get something like the Incredible Hulk or one of the Spider Man movies or the X Men movies, and walking out of it and being like, I can't believe that I care about Iron Man. Like I can't like I actually like Iron Man now. Like I did not care about Iron Man when I walked into that movie theater and I walked out a fan of that character going like I need more of that immediately and that Avengers initiative thing. And and then I remember talking to you about it and being like, I need to see that movie again. And and uh, and and I think you'd already seen it as well, right? And we went and saw it for the second time together. And we you dragged have a way Crystal better memory along. about this stuff than I. I'm pretty sure that you'd already seen <laughs> it, and and we were talking, and okay. it was like it was like, can you believe this Iron Man movie? It's so good. And I think Crystal said something about like, really, is it? And and, <laughs> and she, I think she said to you, is like, would I like it? And you were like, oh yes. <laughs> um and 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 we like like didn't have plans to go see it and i think we just like kind of picked up and went to the movie theater and watched it again um and 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 then obviously like with the mandalorian like john favreau has 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 again like sort of like repeated the same thing of like hey like like this is your boba fett action figure let's paint it silver 
and uh, and give him a Yoda and and we're off to the races, right? Like, let's figure it out. And and just like the and the thing about the Mandalorian, especially season one, season two is a little bit rocky because they started using it to spin off shows and stuff. But uh, it'll get it, it's I have faith it'll get back to it. Like they just they kind of sidetracked it in season two to bring in Ahsoka and bring in Boba and like set up all of these other characters so that they could tell a bigger story. Once season one was so successful. So I think season three will come back and it'll be more focused and it'll get back to it. But but season one, like the reason why season one of The Mandalorian is so good is not because Din looks awesome in the silver mandalorian armor it's not because baby yoda is adorable it's because it's actually like it's about something like it like there's a the characters have arcs there's a deeper meaning to why we're telling this story about these characters star wars is getting a little bit long in the tooth with the whole uh reluctant father figure uh uh storyline so it's like like if you're into the expanded universe stuff it's like every every five minutes they come up with another guy who's got to take a kid on a journey and, you know, he's going to learn to, you know, be a a more well-rounded person in the process. I feel like this is like, like taking what we were just talking about in the, like, how do you make the men like part of a female story? Mm -hmm. And instead they become protectors and dads. And you're like, well, maybe, they don't have to be that all the time. I, it, I, I, I think, I think what'll be really interesting is to see what happens with Kenobi because Kenobi's being directed by Deborah Chow. So that, that yeah. female influence I think is, is gonna, is gonna really inform that series a lot. I think Acolyte, which is being done by, um, Oh my God, I'm terrible with names tonight, but the, the, the executive producer of Russian doll, um, she's doing star Wars Acolyte. And I think like that's oh, we one... talked about that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like I, I think that I think that'll be a big deal. They actually just announced today that the that Rogue Squadron is being delayed. Um and and it's I'll bet you anything Patty Jenkins ends up having nothing to do with it. But I <clears throat> and they're they're acting like it's a scheduling thing. It's not a scheduling thing, it's because of Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. That's what it is. Uh, it just it just took them a while to figure out how to get out of that contract or negotiate out of that contract. Uh, but we'll, in two years, we'll there will be a a deadline or a Hollywood Reporter article about the real reason why Patty Jenkins exited the Rogue Squadron project, and it'll be the same as everybody else who's been kicked off of a Star Wars project. It's that. They did something really cool. They got signed on to a Star Wars project and then their next thing came out and it was a nightmare. And and uh, Kathleen Kennedy is not shy about pulling the trigger, I think, because um, she's a good producer and she knows like eh, we can cut we can cut our losses now. The people are going to be disappointed that a movie's not coming, but that better that than we put out something garbage or have to deal with the production, like with the Josh Trank thing of like having to deal with what he did on Fantastic Four. Like, like she didn't want to have to deal with that stuff. I, yeah, I did. <laughs> everybody, everybody who's like the fandom menace, uh, uh, toxic, uh, Star Wars fans get all mad at kathleen kennedy for all of the the stuff that they put out that that they don't like right it's like it's all her fault 
and then they ignore all of the other stuff that's come out that they love. But to me, it's like the whole fandom is ignoring the fact that she like catches bullets in midair and, and saves people from them. <laughs> like, like, cause Josh Trank was supposed to make a Boba Fett movie. That's what that was going to be. And instead we ended up having to wait a few more years, but we got the Mandalorian and now we're getting the Boba Fett series and boy, oh boy. I mean, I talked about it last week on the exclusive episode, so go pay five bucks and you can listen to it. But book of Boba Fett's going to be, it's going to be something it like, it, I don't know if it's going to be as good as season one of Mandalorian, but um, I hope it is. I, I, but that trailer is promising. I, I care about Boba Fett all of a sudden, which five years ago, if you had said when Josh yeah, Trank Boba was doing it, it's like, like Boba Fett movie. movie. I would have been like, that sounds like a terrible idea. I don't want to sit through two hours of Boba Fett. And now it's like nine episodes. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally down. So I don't know. I, I think Kathleen Kennedy is, is, there are two it's amazing that that disney has two of the greatest producers who have ever lived the greatest film producers who have ever lived and that's kevin feige and kathleen kennedy running like two of their they like they're basically their two biggest divisions right like it's it's almost it's like crazy I, yeah it's almost like they uh can find really talented people to run yeah. It's almost like they have all of the money in the world to retain those talented yeah. people. Yeah. But I, yeah. uh, but yeah, it, it, it it's a, uh, yeah, she's one of the greatest producers in the world and, and uh, that's ever lived, not just because of the movies that she's made, but also because of the movies that she hasn't. <laughs> I think well, there you that's go. That's my opinion. That's actually like, that's like, there's something really brilliant about that. That's like a great, that's very yeah. poignant, Mike. Uh, very uh, was it poetic it was a little bit poetic 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 uh, anyways cool that's it well i'm done i'm i done. If, if, if when you if for people who listen to the uncut you're gonna hear that like I, I was worried i wasn't gonna last because I'm, I'm starting to get a cold um you guys next week after i've had the cold and then like started to recover from it and we record to talk about eternals on enough said you guys will hear it in my voice well i'll probably sound like this <laughs> oh, um but i i fair warning you guys have been warned Yikes. ahead of time i apologize Yikes. if you've heard me sniffling or or uh, uh pulling tissues out of the box tonight i i, I did my best to try and keep it I think away did, from the mic. I think you did I think you did well. I hope that it was okay. I tried to I tried to rant about things that were on topic. Oh, in case anybody was wondering, my second pop culture thing, which we don't have to talk about, but was that I started uh liking Jackie and Hyde from that 70s show because I was watching shipper videos and I never finished watching that 70s show. Like I got to like episode like or to like season 5, like right before that stuff happened. Anyways, I love the internet so much because I then watched that 70s show, but only through clips of Jackie and Hyde that somebody had created a playlist for on YouTube. And it was great because I didn't need to watch that 70s show. Nobody needs to watch that. Anyways, talking about shows that lasted too long, that one didn't need an eighth season. So I will not watch the eighth season of that 70s show because spoilers for that 70s show. But Jackie and Hyde break up. And do not end up together. And that makes me sad. I didn't know that. But I did Google it. 
This was like one of the nice things about like liking things after the fact is that you can like go in with your eyes open. You're like, do these people end up together? Okay, fine. I'll just enjoy it for what it is. But uh, that was unexpected. It was unexpected. The internet sometimes gives me things that I never asked for. Why did, why did I, I was, I don't know. Again, I was, I was listening. I was watching like, you know, when you like, I don't know, bike, if you're ever on YouTube listening to like watching like shiver videos, but I was watching a couple through the Taylor Swift song paper rings, which then does like a lot of like friend pairings. And there's a really good Jake and Amy video from like Brooklyn nine, nine. Anyways, there was a Jackie and Hyde video and I'm like, Jackie and Hyde end up together. And it was a really cute video. And so I, I went down that rabbit hole. I just like unexpected pop culture. They also gave me a video for some somebody named Kai from the Vampire Diaries, who seems pretty evil. Cause I watched the video, and I was like, "This is this is a bad dude." Spoilers, I guess, for the Vampire Diaries as well. But I didn't finish watching that either. So that's it. Those are all my pop culture. I talked about pop culture, the things that I had. I had topics that I brought to this conversation, and I have completed them now. Good job. And that is. Thanks for listening. Everybody, Everybody. Be, be really proud of Amanda. I, I awesome. like the validation. So yeah. thank you. We did it. Congratulations, everybody. Another episode. Good job. I uh, thank you for listening. And uh, I don't know. I guess we'll be, I guess we'll be back in a couple weeks. We'll be back next week to talk about the Eternals uh, on enough said with Curtis, but uh and I, I have things to say. I have lots of stuff to say about the Eternals. So, okay. and I know you yeah. do too. So, I have uh, I have things to say. It's good, and happy uh uh Remembrance Day, or I guess if you're in the states, Veterans Day this week. Yeah. Um, where we uh in Canada have the the day off to remember and to and to uh reflect. Oh, that's convenient. I, I, that's good. I can be sick. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm not. I won't be missing out on work time. There you go. Oh man, yeah. capitalism sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, there's no time. That's it. We're done. We're we're good. <laughs> Thank you for listening. See you on the next one. Now you say your outro. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. Follow the Thunderquack Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack Podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.